0: Product Principles are like a set of tools that guide you when you are defining and planning work. Sometimes we actually don't do just enough and then we don't get the engagement and don't get the feedback so we have to do a little bit more. The principles then in combination with our strategy document are just really great tools for helping us to define those initial MVPs.
1: Hello and welcome to Principled, a Product Principles podcast. This is a podcast where we dive into product principles and show how teams are using them day to day, like how these principles shape what they work on and the way they do it. But first, let's hear from Gita Patel, Cisco's Executive Vice President and General Manager of Security and Collaboration, on what he thinks product companies need to keep their focus on. As companies get big, they get very good at the math of the business, but they lose the soul of the business and the soul of the business is product. That is where the origination of value comes from. Thanks for that, G two. Moving on to our episode, our guest today is Mags Morin, a product manager in Cisco's cloud and collaboration applications team. Welcome to the show, Mags. Thank you, I'm really happy to be here. As a product lead on WebEx, Mags and her team work on features you're probably familiar with. Reactions, sharing files, threading, and much more. But they really view their role as bigger than that, enabling people to do their best work together.
0: At a high level, our team mission is that we want to enable people to do their best work together. So we know that a really big customer pain point is too many meetings, right? Like meeting fatigue. So what we are focused on in our team and our KPI is around increasing engagement on asynchronous ways to communicate. So whether that's via messaging or something like that in order to get work done. And then when you do meet, you know, those meetings are less and those meetings matter more.
1: So, like all guests on the show, I asked Megs, product principles are like dot, dot, dot.
0: To me, product principles are like a set of tools that guide you when you are defining and planning work. They help speed up the journey, and in some cases, they can help identify the destination. So I think of them as a little bit like a route mapper or, you know, Google Maps for um, defining your
1: products. Meg says what's helpful is that when it comes to execution, the product principles are followed by everyone across the organization, making alignment really easy.
0: So what I find is that the principles in combination with our strategy really help the team with decision making when defining product experiences. So they set like a really clear and common foundation on how we approach solutions to our products that meet what our customers are asking for us. And what's really fantastic and really, really helpful to me uh, when it comes to execution is that the principles are followed by everyone in security and CLAB. So when it comes to kind of alignment, um, this is just really, really important and really, really helpful that we're all working off of the same set of principles and the same map,
1: I guess. For a team that's already put product principles into their everyday roles, which principle does Mags think propels a team forward the most?
0: So when I was thinking about the the principles, um, so many of them are kind of uh, work well together. Um, But if I'm thinking about one that propels the team the most, it's probably around keep everything extraordinarily simple because it's so easy to get into a you know, um, kind of complex scenarios or increase scope or lose focus. But if we, you know, go to those principles and see this principle, which is keep things extraordinarily simple, it really helps us to focus on um, what our customers want. And I think that that in combination with go deep on the use case has been really beneficial to our team to help us just really define clearly what our end users want, focus on delivering that and shipping that to our end users and customers.
1: Speaking of keeping things extraordinarily simple, Mags and her team use quantitative data to help define what they're working on next and what experiences they're going to improve in the app. One of those features is messaging reactions.
0: So we can see it from our data that people love reactions. We actually had a recent milestone um, in terms of the number of reactions posted in a given day in WebEx. And in the theme of celebrating adoption, which is one of our principles, we really celebrated that fact. And what we decided was, okay, people love reactions. We're gonna give you more reactions. So we increased the number of reactions that we supported from seven to 10. And what we're gonna do in early calendar 23 is actually give people thousands of ways to react most of our users use a fraction of the capabilities of the product and we want to make those core experiences absolutely wonderful like when i think about the products that i love it's because the core functions are absolutely solid and slick so we are sacrificing maybe more nuanced and niche features that that don't impact a broad set of users so that we can improve the features that everybody loves and just you know improve those features in the product and so that because we really obviously we want to make products that people love
1: prior to the launch of public spaces in webex you needed an invite to join which isn't very inclusive mags and her team hypothesized that having public spaces anyone can discover and join will help with customer adoption retention and engagement in fact it was also a customer ask
0: so public spaces was a long time customer ask But if the initial scope and phase included everything that every customer segment needed and that all of our research showed us that we could do, we just weren't going to meet market expectation timelines for some of our key messaging customers. So we went deep on the use case and identified what were the core problems that we wanted to solve that would serve that broad set of customers. And we came up with three use cases that we wanted to target first. So one with hybrid work, we know that one of the challenges many people face is a feeling of isolation they really kind of miss unplanned serendipitous encounters that they once might have had you know whether that's at the water cooler or in the break room over a cup of coffee so what we thought was having spaces that anyone in an organization can discover and join in order to join a conversation about any topic whether that's a work topic a technical topic or a hobby is just a really great way of enabling and building communities so that was the first use case that we went deep on. Then um, we also understand that in many organizations, the culture of that organization means that discussions and decisions are open for everyone to see. So for these organizations, public spaces could actually be the default, like every space that you create could be public so that anyone can just you know find, join that space and see what's going on in your organization. And then we also saw an opportunity for improving onboarding experiences with the availability of this feature. So for new people joining a company, sometimes WebEx might be a little bit lonely and having the ability to search and join spaces of interest to you could be really helpful for somebody joining a company um, for their first few
1: weeks. To help define a public spaces MVP, the Minimum Viable Product, Megs and the team perform research, competitive analysis, and talk to customers as well as end users. And even though they move fast because speed matters, the team also reviewed the feature with peers across design, product, and UX.
0: And with the view that we could constantly improve the feature based on usage data and end user feedback, those three principles, so go deep on the use case, move fast because speed matters and constantly improve really helped us define that MVP. So we wanted to deliver a customer value quickly and we did that, we shipped the feature in September and now we're actually improving and iterating based on the feedback on the metrics. So we agreed the scope, we released much earlier than if we had waited for a big bang um, and we're now using data, whether that is quantitative or qualitative to prioritize enhancements in that area.
1: One area of iteration for public spaces was figuring out why 20% of spaces created start public and then get changed back to private. The team was surprised by this and conducted qualitative research to figure out why. Turns out the group of beta users are also power users familiar with the flow. What the feedback shows is that non-beta users were not very clear on how this feature worked.
0: But when you put the feature out to, you know, everybody and people that you don't have those skill sets and aren't as familiar. Um, we were seeing that people were essentially you know, making errors or, or doing things uh, unintentionally. So we have prioritized fixing that and making the public space creation flow a lot more clear for those users. So it's really great to see how applying the principles helps us in our process and helps us build better products for our users.
1: When it comes to the MVP, Meg says it's one of the hardest parts of a product team's job. And that product principles really help define and narrow down an MVP. She defines an MVP as the first version of a feature with just enough capabilities to be usable and engaging. With this, teams can monitor usage and people will provide feedback for future development.
0: The hard bit is, well, what's just enough? Okay, like when we take public spaces, like what is just enough? Sometimes we actually um, don't do just enough. And then we don't get the engagement and don't get the feedback, so we have to do a little bit more. So um, I guess the principles then in combination with our strategy document are just really great tools for helping us to define those initial MVPs. Um, I think I mentioned it when we were talking about public spaces, like the principles go deep on the use case and obsess over the customer, not... The competition with those, like we're really encouraged to be focused and specific about user problems and pain points we're going to solve. So don't think about solving everything. Be very, very specific. So for public spaces, it's how do we provide ways that people don't feel as isolated? How do we help build communities in a hybrid world? How do we help people find people with similar interests? How do we enable a more transparent work style? These are the things that we're focusing on. And then also what is really great to see in the principles is we see the principle and then we see what we don't do. So we did that when we were defining the MVP for public spaces as well. We actually specified what we're not going to focus on. And so we talked about the fact that in this first phase and in the initial iteration, we're not going to focus on large employee engagement experiences. That will come later, and that really helps us then in conversations around the feature and why we're building what we're building, and when we're doing peer reviews, to be very focused on these are the use cases, this is the cohort of customers that we're working on, and these are the principles that we are using to help define these experiences. And because everybody's familiar with those principles, you know, it's you're not justifying everything from, uh, you know, uh, from from scratch, right? You all have this kind of base understanding of what it is you're trying to do.
1: As an example of iterating quickly from user feedback, Meg says the forward with content feature in WebEx was given top priority because the feature that was launched wasn't meeting user expectations. We
0: looked at the data and our initial data points were showing that actually 40% of messages that were forwarded included attachments, right? So that's obviously a huge number. And um, that means that for 40% of those instances, the user expectation would not have been met. So when the product principles were shared with the teams and we were reviewing them, we just thought that forward messages with content was just a really prime example of where we could apply the constantly improve principle. And it was just really great to have that, to be able to you know kind of justify that decision and justify the priority of it. Um, and the data is actually showing us that that was the right decision. So we shipped the feature forward with content about six months ago now, and our data is showing us that that's definitely was definitely the right thing to do. Right, the metrics show, are showing us that the amount of people that are forwarding with content has really uh, grown in terms of usage, and also the feature overall has had a dramatic increase in usage since we um, added the ability to to forward a file. Um, I don't know if you experienced it yourself, but you know, if your boss uh, forwards you something for a review, and all you see is, the file name, uh, it's not very useful. So we were seeing feedback in NPS. Uh, We have a tool called AHA, where we capture content, and we were seeing that quantitative data as well. So we did have the data that was telling us, you know what, this is a really important feature. And then that in combination with the principle, it just meant it it was something really easy to prioritize and get working on and get shipping. And uh, the metrics are showing us now that that was definitely the right decision.
1: So as we wind down the interview with Mags, I asked her what her favorite product is and why. She had a few she wanted to highlight, including the Netflix app and its capabilities.
0: I actually spent the early part of my career working for media companies. And one of the projects that I worked on was the BBC iPlayer. I worked on that project in like a really early stage of development and actually worked on bringing it to its first public beta And this was long before streaming services were a thing. Um, It was back in the early noughties. So streaming apps, I just always have an interest in them. But what I'm so impressed about with Netflix is it doesn't matter what device I'm using, so I could be on a mobile phone, I could be on a television, I could be on a laptop, a tablet, it doesn't matter where I am. I could be somewhere really remote and here in Ireland, we have very remote places with really poor networks, but the quality of the media stream and the core functions are better than any other service I've tried. So it feels really lightweight. I think the recommendations are really good. It doesn't show me things I don't care about like credits. You know, it's just, I think it's absolutely fantastic and it's by far the best that I've experienced. Now I do have to say, I live in Ireland. I'm not a BBC license payer, so I haven't tried out iPlayer in many years and I'm sure that's fantastic too. But of the streaming services that I use, I think that the Netflix app is the best.
1: And lastly a type of hardware we might not even think of as a product.
0: I just think that Lego as a product has really stood the test of time. Like it's a really well designed product and it's done a fantastic job of just adapting and innovating whether it's the product or the marketing strategies around the product but while also just staying true to its brand identity and core offering, right? We all know what Lego is, you know, there's, it doesn't deviate from that. And I've seen that defined as giving customers a way to develop their imagination and creativity through play. And I was also thinking about it then in the terms of our principles. And I think that Lego demonstrates these over and over. I truly love it. My children love it. It is extraordinarily simple. It's constantly improving. They really know their customer. And in my opinion, it's 10 times better than not just other toys in the market in its its genre, but like in toys full stop.
1: If you're looking to get in touch with Megs after the podcast, you can reach her on Webex at Megs Moran, M-O-R-A-N. Megs, thank you so much for your time today. We learned so much and I think I'm going to go dive into my nephew's Lego collection.
0: Thanks a lot, Amy. I really enjoyed it.
1: Thank you so much for listening to Principle. We'll catch you in the next episode.